This is Jack of All Trades, Master of Nothing, a podcast that talks about, well, a bunch of stuff and celebrates those who do a little bit of everything. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Jack of All Trades. I'm your host, Sarah Bishop, and here we go. I hope you've just been having a super duper April. At the time that I'm getting all of this together and recording it, it isn't even April yet. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope it's going great. Before I launch into this week's guest, I want to just remind you to, uh, after you're done listening to this episode, leave us a five-star rating and a little review there that helps us get our message out to more people, therefore getting more inspirational stories and conversations out to others, meaning spreading all that inspiration, just like a big inspirational finger painting. What? I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just... Just leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Also, don't forget, if you have any things you'd want to hear us talk about for season two on Jack of All Trades, if you have a story about how you do a bunch of awesome things and how they somehow came together to make one unique, beautiful occurrence in your own life, or you yourself are a Jack of all trades, then by all means, please contact us and email us at jackofalltradespodcast2020 at gmail.com. Again, our email address is jackofalltradespodcast2020 at gmail.com. Ugh, getting all the errands out of the way. Okay, it's continuing. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when the heck new episodes are posted, although they're posted every Monday. Also, finally, don't forget to follow our Instagram page at jackofalltrades underscore podcast for updates and sneak peeks on weekly guests, along with the occasional meme, because I don't post enough to have memes be a thing, so you only get them sometimes. Also, woo, glad to get that done. Let's get into this week's guest. We are welcoming Brianna Barnes. Woo! Of course, like most of the guests on this podcast, um, we were connected a little bit earlier in life when we were both in college. She is a super talented singer, songwriter, and actor. Um, but we are mostly going to get into her creative process, um, her launching of her album, which is so exciting. And all of those links and, and creative projects will be discussed in the interview, so I don't want to spoil anything. We're also going to do that thing that I figured out way late in the season, which is when we have a musical guest, we're going to take a little interlude in the middle and you'll actually get to hear their song in real time. And let me tell you, this, this exclusive single is a rockin'. Uh, it's a jam. So get ready. Now, before I spoil anything special about this convo, let's just launch right into it. Here is our interview with Brianna Barnes. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Brilliant. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I can't see your face. Zencaster just came up with a, 
a video and audio thing that is an option, but even though I have a fancy schmancy MSI laptop, I uh, the camera <laughs> so <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so that's why. I mean, if you're feeling weird about it, we can like FaceTime no. and mute. But yeah, no, so no, 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 this is great. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh my gosh, you sound so good. So is oh, this good. Like you recorded your album on. <laughs> It is not the mic oh. I used, but I love <laughs> that. Be. Okay, you sound so podcasty right now, like oh like God. true professional podcaster. Wow, I feel. Thank you. Yes, I'm so flattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to honestly take a break from it for like a month. Like I haven't posted anything because, um, I got like one of those, like online, um concert things that you have to like record a fuck ton of stuff and then I became an artistic yeah. director of like oh. a theater <laughs> oh my gosh what the yeah. heck yeah, I know. so yeah. it's yeah yeah but it's for it's for a for a kid's like program oh so. but that's great thanks yeah yeah totally well don't feel no pressure from me on on a date to get this out like it can any anything is great I no. appreciate it that's of course. Any any publicity for Brianna Barnes? Oh! I'd love to get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well let's get let's just yes. introduce you here. So yes. That people can know who the heck you are. Hello um, the people. Hello people. Hello and welcome to Jack of All Trades, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and um, thank you so much for joining. And you know, I I really love doing these interviews, especially with people like I like handpick you guys based on who I really super duper admire and who uh. you know really goes the extra mile to to follow what they want to do, no matter you know the the stereotypical course of action. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah, of course. Now let's let's introduce what you do, who you are. Like, um, I guess give like a brief synopsis of who you are, like what what you're pursuing right now today, and then yeah. we'll dive back in history and look at your past. Yeah, but. yeah, my past. Okay, well, my name's Brianna Barnes. Um, I'm a singer songwriter. I'm based in New York City. Um, been here throughout the whole pandemic of 2020, and I am currently working on putting out my debut EP. Um, the last five years have looked like a lot of different creative endeavors, um, kind of packaged into all kind of different spheres, including musical theater and directing and writing and all that stuff. But right now, kind of at the forefront is this project. Um, and the EP is called Hierophanies, Manifestations of the Sacred. And I'm super pumped to get it out. The first single is coming out in less than two weeks, April 4th. <laughs> By the time people are hearing this, it will be out in the world. Yes, that's amazing. I'm yes. so excited. Excited? Okay, but yeah. So we're gonna link all of your goodies that are coming out um, in the show notes, so people can like directly just be like, "Oh, okay," and like press on it and just go yes, right there. all the things, um, all the things. So that's super exciting. So now we know you're a singer songwriter. You're producing your own music right now. Um, yes. You're in the process of releasing it in the world, and then you also have a history in theater. I know. Um, at least personally, I know you've had a, a pretty in-depth history with like worship music and like yeah. Christian rock and that kind of thing too. Yeah. Um, now, as far as like your upbringing and how you kind of got to where you were, like where are you from? Like where did where did you grow up and what things did you do when you were little that informed what you're doing now? 
Oh my gosh. I love that question. Um, I grew up in South Florida and was there until I was about 12 and then was in kind of um, the Midwest, Ohio, small town um, in the middle of Ohio until I went to college and ended up going to college in Ohio as well, where I got to meet the Sarah Bishop. Um, <laughs> but growing up, music was just a huge part of our family. Um, my father was a music minister um, at different churches growing up, and my mom played the piano for him. So just like all throughout my childhood, singing around the piano and in the car was just like such a huge part um, of our life. And music was always not only this like fun thing, but kind of this like spiritual practice as well. Like it was so interlinked with even just like my identity, like my purpose. (laughs) So from such an early age, it was so clear that like music had this really profound, um, impact on my purpose and, and my family's purpose. And that was sort of like our, I guess like contribution to the world if mm-hmm. if that's a cool way to think of it but oh yeah um yeah and then just like even in my little small town in Ohio um we had a really prolific community theater uh program that like I had never even heard of theater by the time we moved I had really only like sang in church and like took dance classes but I was introduced to this world of of theater, like on stage. And as like a little 10, 11, 12 year old, it was just this immediate sense of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kind of like putting this idea of telling stories um, through not just singing, but through acting and dance and on the stage, like that was so cool to me. Um, so all th- growing up, it was like, writing songs after school, going to be in, you know, whatever the show was of that season, Wizard of Oz or Winnie the Pooh or like all those things. Winnie the Pooh. Oh my gosh. Winnie the Pooh. What a banger. I know. That was like the first show, like fifth grade. Winnie Uh, the Pooh. Who'd you play? I was, I was Rabbit in Winnie the Pooh. Aw. How sweet. (laughs) My first show was Peter Pan. Of course. They did Peter Pan like five times oh my like, gosh <laughs> oh my gosh I don't know why they kept doing Peter Pan, because they're just like it has all the kids they just they I they guess. think I guess yeah whatever. I I think yes yes to that <laughs> yes to that um although I feel like I do just, believe in fairies I do believe in fa- yeah literally <laughs> I believe I believe oh my gosh yeah so the first time I was in it I was Jane which let me tell you I was so excited to be Jane I like I honestly I've really turned over my purpose you were talking about purpose this past year we've talked about this even yeah. off of this interview I'm like what yeah. the fuck am I doing? yes yes and I look back and I'm like oh god Sarah of course like what are you don't second guess yourself my god at 11 I like knew everyone's <laughs> lines like there's yes. a there's a video of Emma Watson I believe on Harry Potter I'm going to compare myself to Emma Watson. For a Please do. Where Please she – there's back, background footage of her like – like they were like, Emma, don't – you can't like mouth Harry's lines before <laughs> you say them. So she's like – she's so little and she's like saying his lines and then says her lines. So she memorized like the whole script, right? Oh like God. that was me. I yes. was only in one scene. I was going to say end. that like Fontaine track of Jane. Yeah. Jane just like appears and she gets to fly. It's, it's lit. And I literally, 
I was so excited. I literally like have never been so excited for anything in my whole life. That's and then amazing. we, yeah. So I, I was, I'm just like, are you serious? Like the fact that you're like second guessing, like why you're doing this. You like, know what? That's like such a good point, honestly. And something that has come to mind multiple times with recording this album, because recording an album has, lit- that was like literally like, remember watching like E! True Hollywood stories, like when yeah. that was a thing, oh, yeah. like, like when I was like nine and like watching like oh gosh whoever like beyond I remember I specifically remember Beyonce's E True Hollywood story and being like oh my gosh like I want to do that and it's so true like those little dreams that you have when you're like eight nine years old like I feel like they they really do inform like even down the road like oh this is really what like makes me happy or this is really like I don't know there's something about it yeah, they're, they're like the real true – I mean, I think it's the time before, you know, any kind of messaging gets into you that says that you can't, you know? Yes, it's, yes. It's, yeah, so it's like the time where your genuine soul love, you know, it's not interfered it, – nothing else is interfering. Although there was a time where I was obsessed with Tweety Bird, so, you know, there <laughs> – it's a it's a it's a sticky time. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But if if you express a love for something that could be a profession and and there's like a deep love there, then I I do believe then that's like you're really you're true. Um, yeah, it just goes back to that like total pure, pure un no cynicism, no baggage from the world. Like, what did I want when I thought anything was possible? Right, exactly. Okay, so I interrupted you. So you were no, in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> The musical. We're back to Winnie. To the How rabbit. Exciting. How yes. exciting. Yes. So so what happened after Winnie the Pooh? Like your, your breakthrough role. Oh my gosh. I mean, oh, I loved that theater. I got to play so many fun roles. Oftentimes in the like New York slog of figuring out my place in the theater industry here, I have so often just wanted to go back to being like my a freshman playing like <laughs> you know, Belle and Beauty and the Beast or Cinderella, like so many fun roles that you get to play when you're like doing community theater in high school. Like it's so great. Um, But yeah, it was just always something for fun, honestly. Like no one in my family had done theater. It was always just like looked at as this like extracurricular activity. And, you know, like I was good at it, but I never thought of it as a career path. Um, in fact, at that time I was really wanting to be a singer songwriter. I thought I was going to go to Nashville and like go to Belmont and like pursue that. Like that was, that was the plan. Um, which is kind of funny thinking about it now. It's very like full circle, but when I was like 14, 15, 16, that's what I wanted to do. And then I randomly, um, I got hooked up with a, a mentor, a teacher, uh, Kevin McGuire, who, uh, had been in Phantom and Les Mis on Broadway and, and with his coaching, he was sort of like, I started taking voice lessons with him and he was like, Brianna, I think you can do this if you want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, really? People do this as a living? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And my parents, you know, were worried. They're like, I don't know if you can, you know, pay the bills with this, if this is, if this is going to give you longevity, like all the normal parent artist conversations. But basically they're, their pitch to me was go ahead and audition for musical theater programs. And if you get into a top tier school, we'll let you do it. But only if you get into a top tier school. And then I got into CCM where I met you and yeah, decided to totally pivot and pursue that. Um, 
Yeah, which is so crazy. And now I'm back to songwriting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, I think it's in, it's something to say that everything's going to inform the next thing. Yeah. And um, ju- you know, you can have multiple loves and multiple pursuits. And like, I I'm really, I mean, I understand with like. I guess some people are like, you got to focus to be like, remember Steve, the one ballet teacher at CCM? He rem- I remember he like reamed us because he was like, you guys do too much. I like, literally just got anxiety, like you saying his name, but yes, yes. <laughs> he was fine. I mean, he was a good teacher. I think he was just in a pissy mood and was like, you guys suck. And we're like, thanks, oh Steve. Yeah, right. um, but he, uh, Basically, there, and I've noticed that with more traditional um, disciplines, with ballet, opera, um, like there, yeah. uh, there was a classical pianist um, that has a, you know, she's another episode on here. Her name's Lisa, mm. and um, she kind of talks about that. And it's very rigid in the in the old school way of approaching it. And sure, like right. you might need to lock yourself in a practice room for six hours a day or more. I mean if you're going to be a classical pianist where you're really just replicating um however you know beethoven played that right you know right and so but it's i i think what people forget is that art is really fluid and you can pursue it the way that best reflects you and now more than ever that i'm seeing there are so many artists that are so diverse yeah well even like it's such a saturated industry now whereas i think kind of that old school mindset this was back you know a couple decades ago you were really special if you were going to pursue a career in the arts. Like that was very unique and very different. And I'm not saying it's not unique now, but now we have so many people um, wanting to pursue an artistic career, you know, post American Idol, post Glee, post all that stuff, Um, which, you know, is great for many reasons, but also can be hard when you're in the midst of that, trying to like put your stamp on the world. And I feel like having multiple interests and multiple avenues, it just, it strengthens you and your resolve, I think, as an artist, because you're not having to be the best in this one narrow field. It kind of gives you just like so many more colors to play with, like in your toolbox, like instead of just coloring with this one color, um, you have all these different things. And while you're waiting for success in one area, you can be like totally fulfilled artistically and creatively mm-hmm. in this other area. And I think that's so important. I wish more people um, thought that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That mm, I had learned that. Hard <laughs> way. Um, although I think the problem was like, I have a hesitancy to, and I kind of want to ask about this while you're pursuing your, how you pursued your music, how you're getting it done. I mean, we've had this conversation, but I think it's good for other people to hear it yeah. too. Um, because I think there's like the, I mean, the world in general is just saturated in lack, but Mm. particularly artists, it is so hard to fight it. And I was literally just thinking about this in the car before I called you today is like, you know what? I'm really tired of this narrative that artists have to have like a hard life, you know? Yeah. It's so messed up. I was like, that doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> That's so true. You know? And then we all, fo- we're like, living in New York is hard. Having <sighs> jobs are hard. Yeah. Having, pursuing things are hard. And I'm like, is it though? Like, I mean, yes, it's going to be challenging. But if you go into it being like, this shit's hard, then it's going to be yes. fucking hard. 
But I, if, yeah. You I'm know what I mean? S- yeah, I'm so glad you said that, actually. <laughs> Because I feel this way all the time. I just feel like artists so easily fall into this victim mindset. Yes. It's like this self-torturous like, it, like validation for their existence. Yeah. And it's like celebrated. And then yes. we, we create this culture of like, oh, just like that. We almost like glorify the grind. Yeah. Almost oh, yeah. to the point of like just killing ourselves and being okay with it and saying, like, well, this is just how it is. This is just right. how it has to be. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally agree. And like, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's not to say that things aren't going to be hard or that like, it's a struggle, but like, we're not the only ones in the world. You know, it's a privilege. <laughs> I know. It's I, a- know. <laughs> I say this all the time and it might be controversial, but like, it's a privilege to get to pursue art as a career. Like Whoa, that is absolutely. a privileged position to be able to do your art for money. There are people all around the world who create art without any sort of compensation, without any union behind them, without any recognition. Like we, to be able to do that is such a privilege. And I just think sometimes we, we miss that. We really miss it. Like, yeah. Big well, time. Yeah. Like Phil, I interviewed Phil Richardson yeah. um, on this and, you know, hearing his background and it was like pretty crazy. Cause he is the one that was like, yeah, just to be able to do music or to do this at all is a privilege because you have to be kind of privileged to be able to get to to be able to get to college at all but like but to go to college for that like it's like you know or like pursue it or try and and that like developing that feeling of trust and right um honing a skill like that yeah so like I think a lot of people myself included get caught in this cycle of victimhood yeah um and I mean, it's challenging to wrestle yourself out of like it is like if you if you I, I tell my students now and I tell my sister who's currently at CCM. Oh, that, wow. Oh, yeah. My sister. Yeah, she got <laughs> in. She's fresh at CCM. Yeah. Surprise. Wow. Um, full yeah. circle. Yeah. Full circle. Right. Um, She was at my showcase. It was so fun. Um, uh, But the what I tell them is like doubt and um that. Yeah. Like to give in to that self-deprecating self-fulfilling prophecy of Mm. fear of failure and knowing that it's going to be hard like I guess there's there's one thing of like I accept the challenge and I'm okay with that as opposed to this is hard I'm choosing to live a hard life and I'm like kind of upset about it (laughs) totally totally Um, if you let those if you plant those seeds and you don't like you know, they're going to grow. Absolutely. They're going to, and they're, and that's a bitch to remove. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so just 100%, don't. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is a little off, off the beaten path here, but like, I remember even when I was, when my husband and I were thinking about getting married, you know, so many people in the artist community were like, what the heck? Like, and we, you know, we chose to get married really young. It was totally like unorthodox for, an artist lifestyle, but I think there's something to even like creating a full life. I think yeah. we believe this lie that like, if you can only think about this one aspect of you, your career, and like this very even narrow view of what that career is mm-hmm. or else like it won't happen. And I, I was so thankful for a teacher that we had at CCM. Um, Patty was just always like, she got married young. She had kids. She always did. She did a million different things with her career. And her biggest advice to me was like, 
do never believe the lie that you cannot have it all. Like, oh my it, god! It, and I was like, yes! I need to call her. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, you can have it all. And I think as women, we feel this even more, especially like with the whole kids equation and all of that. Is like, like she's like, do not believe the lie that your life has to look one way. It because it mm-hmm. doesn't. And I think when I like released that and let go of that, and I think even getting married helped a little bit with that. Like my life's not going to look like the person next to mine or the person over here. And like, that's okay. And being okay with that and accepting that and knowing that my, my race is going to be unique and no one else can run it, but me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so great. And now I need to call Patty. (laughs) (laughs) Patty James. Patty James. She's honestly one of the best teachers at that school. And I don't think she works there anymore because it's like all turned over, but, um, yeah, it's it's pretty yeah, that's it's it's such an interesting thing because what I've realized and honestly through talking to guests on this podcast has helped me personally, kind of selfishly, um discover that. Totally. I mean, hopefully it helps other people too, but um it's kind of like it it's almost paradoxical this, you know, you're taught one thing, you're taught it, I mean, there's always two there's two schools of thought. One is um the practical harsh like this is how it is very boxed in very rule oriented there's steps to get to it's very masculine it's yeah. like and yeah. masculine not with gender but like energy wise yes. it, it's it's that kind of energy um and it's like this plus this equals this yeah um and then there's this other side that's actually like no like you have your own path it's more feminine feeling right. based following the next best thing, not judging too much as to what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, staying true to who you are. And, um, it's like, we're taught. I mean, I think at the school, you know, the wake up call law, like, the quote unquote <laughs> that Aubrey would give us, it's like, you need to fit in, you need to find where you fit. And I'm like, actually, I don't know that that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, it might, you know, I don't even want to say that it might take longer. I don't know. I don't want to put limitations on whatever would happen. Yeah. Like, it's not really up to me to decide what is going right. to happen. Right. <laughs> and I, right. right. And if I keep changing myself to fit what already exists, then I'm not truly giving back in any way what I authentically could actually fucking provide. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and you're not even, I think it's so funny that like in these artistic settings, we've created all these formulas and boxes where it's like the arts are the place where they're supposed to not be like those exactly. hard, those hard and fast lines. I mean, I'm even feeling this to, to, to connect this to what I'm currently doing. Like I'm writing music that really doesn't make anyone fully happy. <laughs> um, I'm walking this very weird line of like, um, songs about big life questions, songs about the divine, songs about emotional and spiritual experience that it doesn't fit into the Christian music narrative and it doesn't really fit into like the modern pop music narrative. And uh, it would be so easy for me to have to choose one of those to just like the people pleaser in me like wants mm-hmm. to just like, oh, well, more numbers and more fans and more success like would probably come if I just like chose one and ran with it but then like then you're just playing into the game and I hate that like oh it's so hard but it's like the best artists and uh, game changers that we know like were people that pushed those 
yeah. limits. But it's like we have to figure out what that is now. It's not just a history lesson. It's like, well, where can I actually do that now yeah. practically? Yeah. And like where can you take your life experiences? Like I think for a long time I was like really <laughs> – angry and mad because I was like why isn't this working I'm playing the game I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and it's never good enough what the fuck yeah you know and so and I'm like when is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen and and then you know it's like when's what gonna happen you know Mm. if you're not really being who you are and living a full life then what are you waiting for like permission to do that like and Mm. then it was also like I realized that um I don't know, like, the I want to bring what I now understand was the importance of that waiting time. And I didn't realize that I needed to sit still and, and, and have these trials for three plus years mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be able to do it with ease like and not ease like I have the skill to do it but it's like with the ease to lead a group of people the ease to it's like a radiance that only comes um from like real um struggle struggle and self-acceptance yes um and like I was thinking like as far as like playing the game right like we're taught and you see um like with body image in particular, I have one episode on here that is like a little bit, I'm a little embarrassed. I'm not even going to say that. I'm not embarrassed of it. It was a good, it was a good, I needed to do it to express kind of my rage towards the whole idea of it. Um, But it was a vulnerable episode. Yeah. Um, but in which I kind of talk about how societally we are um, instructed to, it's more expressing anger over how people like say like, Oh, just do this, this, and this, and then you'll look like this. And then you're worthy of that. And if you do those things, but then, but then you realize later that they kind of lied and cheated in there and they did it unhealthily, even though they shame you. Like you can't do like, you're not allowed to do it unhealthily because that's shameful, but then they do it unhealthily and they're like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, why don't you look like me? And then the whole time I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I can't like it doesn't matter how how much I um, like obey your rules. It still doesn't work like that. If I want that, I do have to go to an extreme and it's very time consuming. And it's like it's like if I truly want that and I'm like, not everyone can possibly be living I mean, there probably are some people that are just naturally thin and like whatever, but why why does everyone have to be required to be that way because not everyone is even like that in the world. Like right. most people aren't. <laughs> totally. 100%. 100%. And you know, and I was like w- like I even now like it's such an easy thing to get pulled into. I'm like, "Oh, I have to get fit again to go to New York. Like I have to be Ugh. super fit again." And I'm like, "Actually, like I'm not not I mean, I'm not fit fit compared to how I was last year but you know I'm still fine I'm like why would I want to show up as anything I'm not that's counterintuitive yeah to the whole all the work right (laughs) it's been done right you know right I don't know yeah like like how do you feel like what's one thing that you've discovered about yourself that you know inside of you you're gonna usher through 
kind of coming out into the world as being an artist that you are not willing to compromise on? Oh, gosh. Wow. That's a big question. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. It's also <laughs> probably super personal. So if you don't want to answer that, you don't have to. But. Oh, my gosh. No. Um, what do I want to bring into the world that I'm not willing to compromise on? I think the hill that I would die on as an artist and especially in my music is just an authenticity. Um I, I will die on the hill of authenticity. It gets me in trouble in my work life even because I just want to be real and I don't want to have to filter things, but I'm learning how to do that better. Um, yeah, but, but I, yeah, I guess in a work life scenario, I, it's yeah, like, it's wow. yes, 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 yes. Um, but, you know, my big thing with the music industry in both the worlds that I've sort of have a foot in, which is the pop and even like musical theater side of things and then sort of this like, religious Christian music side of things is I just see so many limits. Um, It's like there's this unwritten code from both of those worlds of like, this is what music is supposed to be about. And it can be like about these three subjects really like in the, in the pop music world, you know, love, sex and heartbreak basically is like all of pop music. (laughs) And and then like the Christian world, it's like this one very specific narrative for this very specific small group of people saying the same thing over and over again with, with metaphors and phrases that we've used for like decades. And like both of these worlds, they have just like this, it's like this formula. And to me, that's super frustrating as an artist when I look to my right and I look to my left and all I see is like, this very limited, narrow view of what music can be. Um, So I think my thing I'm unwilling to compromise on is just bringing the middle, like (laughs) the middle back into the equation, like the mystery, the, the questions that nobody's asking, like the songs about things that, that no one's, maybe people are writing, but no one's putting them on top 40 radio. And like, my big thing is we just came off of this huge year of people like asking these big questions that we weren't necessarily asking all that often before this of like, who am I without my career or without my, you know, social life? Like, what is my purpose in the world? What do I believe in? Um, What, what is worth fighting for? Who do I believe in? Like, you know, like we just came off this like pandemic and election and, racial justice outcries. And it's just like, I think people are asking some bigger questions than either of these spheres of music are allowing people to ask. Mm -hmm. So what I really want to bring to the world and in my music and even in my projects, you know, for theater and being in the room is just like making space for people to express more colors of the human experience and like not limiting it to these very narrow points of view Um, And just expanding that table, like making more room at the table for bigger questions and bigger things um, and and doing that in a way that's without shame and without judgment um, and that invites wonder and doubt and curiosity and mystery, really. Um, And just going back to that, like authenticity, like if we're not able to be authentic in our art, then like where how do you expect to be authentic in your life and and like and like vice versa if I like can't be authentic in my life about like what I'm going through the questions I'm asking and like what I'm wrestling with and how do I expect my art to reflect that and I do think it's interesting like 
we're seeing this with P- I mean like Billie Eilish is a great example of mm-hmm. like she's writing about some really if you actually pay attention to her lyrics which mm-hmm. I know not everybody does like I'm a huge lyric but she's yeah. she's talking about really deep things yeah. really dark like questions yeah. and she's doing it to a soundtrack that you know you can like vibe to and dance to and blah 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 but like I think that's really exciting and I hope that more musicians like I think I think it will be interesting after this year like the I think there really will be like a renaissance of music just from from all the artists like sort of being shut in and like having to deal with wrestle with some things um but I'm just curious to see like can music really only be about like this one (laughs) this one aspect of of the human experience like the human life or like can we get past that yeah also the messaging that's in some of the music and heartbreak it's like yeah speaking of I want to like kind of talk about relationships briefly yeah because (laughs) there's so much I mean yes like people are going to experience heartbreak and there's a there's a process to that grief and um although I just like I I've had a rather klutzy, clumsy, um, if I'm going to be frank, I'm, I don't want to be too judgmental, but it's the truth about navigating, you know, what it was I wanted in partnership and um, really taking responsibility for all the mistakes that I was actually making and what I was projecting into the world. Yeah. And a, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, I, I mean, it has to do with me, but um, I do remember like when we're when you listen to music, especially when you're young and you watch, you watch media, um, you, you listen to the messages that are, um, being told to you. So, you know, and if you, there's a lot of like, you did me wrong or call me back or why aren't you like all this, like either pining and chasing after people who clearly probably are just not that into them or they're not good for them. So don't, talk to them anymore <laughs> yeah yeah or or there's like this I don't know like there's a lot of lust lust is fine uh, um I you know if you yeah. are responsible about it but if you're just like band-aiding other problems and then blaming and it, there's just it can get so messy right yes and so many songs I yes. think and media like I don't watch horror movies anymore I don't watch like a lot of violent movies unless I know that it's like a really classic piece of like Mm. film yeah I I don't like the senseless violence and the gore and the um or like the um yeah and, and music too it's like because because if you it's like darkness and you're just like absorbing it you are and I think you're hitting on something that I mean I really respect you for saying that like uh, I think we we underestimate how much power our artist our art intake um has on our beliefs and our the thing like we don't even realize you know just by like what we watch on Netflix or like the the songs in our headphones I think exactly what you're saying especially when you're so impressionable you know 13 14 15 figuring out what love is what sex is what who am I as a person and then when you are listening to music and like getting these very clear messages that are like like what we're saying limited and not wrong but just limited um you know you can't yeah. help but like ingest a lot of that and it and it in turn affect how you see the world um and I think we just underestimate I think we underestimate how much power media has for sure 
Yeah, and it's like I mean, obviously, we all know how powerful the me like the media news can be, and how I mean, honestly, I just think it's just darkness all com- like all together. For I'm sure, like, this is horrible. Oh, hundred um, percent. So it's just like, and it's not to say that like I mean, if artists are creating like. For example, you know, I'm really good friends with someone that makes a lot of horror movies. And, like, if that's part of their artistry and that's, like, what how they want to express, it's fine. Like, I don't want to say that – I mean, that might be authentic to them, right? Yeah. Like, it's authentic to Billie Eilish to ask these dark questions. So it's not so much of that, but I think there's, like, sovereignty as a consumer um, that if you're not conscious of what you're consuming – like and in your and you're in like a depressive state or you know I think I think breakup music can be helpful for people that are going through breakups because it is uh, therapeutic to I think feel seen. Yeah, um, I mean it all comes back to balance, right? It's like I mean I joke all the time about like how there's just n- seems to be no lack of like indie sad girl songs. <laughs> Like, yeah. and that's not a dig at indie sad girl songs. Like I've written indie sad girl songs, but when that, again, when that's the only thing, when that's the only color in your crayon box, then yeah. it is, it's detrimental because you're only seeing the world. I mean, I think a hundred percent there needs to be songs for when you are going through it, when you are struggling, yeah. when you are grieving, well, like to process the emotion and to, yes. to leave. I mean, it is a tool to help yes. you alleviate the emotion, but I think if people like yes you need to have songs where you feel seen like you maybe you were in a shitty relationship where it was abusive and you are still codependently tied to them and the lyrics are are expressing that but there comes a point where if you want it depends on what you want if you decide you want a good relationship sure then maybe you know not all the messaging is like 100% right for that particular outcome just absolutely yeah and like and that's the beauty of like widening your horizon and kind of what I'm speaking to of like we just need more more artists writing about more things so that yeah, you like have perspectives yeah. so that you have the choice as a consumer so that it's not like oh I'm going through my entire Spotify library and all of it just makes me sad <laughs> like <laughs> you know and to, to, to just like flip the to play devil's advocate on the other side in Christian music I've said this all the time like so like 99% of the time even in songs that are about the struggle there's always this like hope or victory aspect at the end of it, like struggling, 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 but God, you are good, which is not inherently wrong. Just like we're saying that singing a sad song is not wrong. But when like, that's the only narrative and I make the assumption as the listener of like, oh, well, I guess, you know, and this is more like people that grew up in these sort of religious spheres and circles, you can sort of start to believe this narrative of like, oh, I'm always supposed to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm always supposed to be positive at the end, or I'm always supposed to believe that God is good. And then you start having this very um, unhealthy, I think, like view of your spiritual life, which is I'm never allowed to doubt. I'm never allowed to question. I'm never allowed to probe at the places that I don't understand. So it's like, there's both extremes, right? And it's like, I just would love to see just the more of the middle, like just lit up, like just so many more, um, just more songs and more things to sing about. Um, you know, like, what do I, where's the song I go to when like my parents are going through a divorce or like, uh, I'm dealing with anxiety 
or like, you know, just like there's so many, like, yeah, they're <laughs> it like almost, hard to find. Well, it almost scares me sometimes. Like there's so many things to write songs about. Like mm-hmm. it almost like is like, man, well, I get to the end of my life and like I only just like scratch the surface. And like, yes, the answer to that is yes, I will get to the end of my life and only scratch the surface of what there is to write about. But like to think of it that way, I think as as new artists, like, man, just challenging ourselves to like, if I have a thought in the middle of the day about, you know, fear or, or, uh, you know, my, like what you were just saying, like my struggle with my body image or like my, like these things that seem like kind of off limits when it comes to music, it's like, well, why not try to write a song about that? (laughs) Cause it could be relatable. They're definitely, yeah, it could. And I think it's not like, I definitely found more obscure songs, but you have to find them. Like they're harder. They're not mainstream. Like there's actually, you're talking about divorce. There's this one song by the mountain goats. Because mm-hmm. it's like such a weird little band um, that I don't think a lot of people know about. I mean, if you do, then cool. You're like an indie rock yeah. diver. Um, but it's – I forget what it's called. I think it's called No Children. Mm. And it's a, it's literally the most bra- like brash. Like they're clearly in the middle of a divorce. Mm. They – hate each other Mm. and he's literally like i hope you die like that's literally like it's so it's so interesting because it's so different yeah and it's it's not like the screamo like there is other genres and like screamo rock and hard metal and like that that are very angry which i mean i've definitely listened to if i'm like boxing yeah and i'm trying to to get out anger like it's helpful to to exercise that yeah but this is so bizarre because it's such like a (laughs) such a weird like like the genre of what you're hearing doesn't necessarily stereotypically match the message yeah and and the like you should check it out because lyrically it's like so honest and like yeah so well And you're right that like there are people doing this and you just don't know about them. Like I say this about what I'm trying to like in the Christian music sphere all the time. Like I have come across some very, very powerful songwriters who are doing like exactly what I'm trying to do. Because you know when you're like doing something new, you're like – I'm totally the only one doing this. Like nobody is doing this. I'm so unique. But like people are doing this. But you know what? You've never heard of them and they're not on the radio and they're not selling out like stadium concerts. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, these people I'm listening to lately, Andy Squires, Taylor Leon Hart, uh, Jess Ray, John Guerrero. Like these are people doing exactly what I'm trying to do, Mm -hmm. asking these big questions. But like, their Spotify followings are small. Their social media followings are small. And they're probably playing more living rooms than like stadium concerts. But then it makes you go like, but maybe that's okay. Like, I guess for me, like, as I like embark on this path, I think I'm tempted all the time to measure success by what well, we all measure success by, like numbers and recognition and achievement. Um, which is a like huge temptation that I'm having to fight all the time of like, well, did like this get enough likes and did, did enough people respond to this? And are people going to like care? You know, that's like the big thing I've always been struggling with the last six months. Like are people, do people even care? Um, but like when I think of some of these smaller artists that have really like been life-changing for me, it's like, well, that one person that listens to my song 
and like maybe I turn their day around or give them a space to like yell at the sky, uh, you know, they matter. They matter a lot. And I should maybe measure it less by how many people are interested and just by like what kind of encounters people are having with it. But that's really hard to do. (laughs) It is hard to do because we're trained to, you know, especially if you're like, you perform on stage and you get claps. Yes. I did something good and people liked it. So I must be worth living. Like there's this, uh, something that's helped me with that was like taking the job of artist very seriously in in itself and that knowing that the outcome is literally none of my business like it's like I my only job is to make shit and to Mm -hmm. and if I'm teaching and it depends like right now teaching is at the forefront okay so my job there is to do the best I can yes to share the knowledge that I have and if I can't figure something out then I'll do my best to try to try new tools yes try new techniques and um and listen to more to the kids so it's like at each at each thing at each stage it's like I I don't know what the outcome could be you know like I'm not gonna like judge myself based off of like oh I couldn't I couldn't get through to this kid and have their voice come through the way that I know that it can okay well you know that'll come in time for them or it won't you know yeah yeah Um, and it's yeah and it's like with that like the artistry like your job is to write killer music and then you put it out and and that's it and that's it yeah it's (laughs) out of my control 100% How wholesome is that like interlude? It's just like it's perfect for Winnie the Pooh the musical. You know what I'm saying? I thought this would be a great time to take that intermission where we're actually going to hear Brianna's music and hear what all the fuss is about. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. It is a jam. It is a bop. It is a banger. Here is Brianna Barnes' rockin' single, Storyteller. Everything I ever did stopped me in my tracks about a drink that money can't buy. Breaking all the rules got me feeling like a fool. Talking tales about truths got my feet unstuck in a lie. I met a man they called Divine, open heaven with his mouth and my heart with his big brown eyes. Something awoke with the way he spoke about spirits and angels and drinks that never run dry. I met me a storyteller.
Wow, what a rock star. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds so good. I'm so happy for her. I believe you can find this song along with the rest of her debut album, Hieriphany's Manifestations of the Sacred. You can find that for purchase on uh, Spotify, on iTunes, on anywhere there is to view music. Again, all of her information is going to be tagged in the show notes so that, yeah, you can get on the Brianna Barnes train. Yeah, do it. Get on. Choo-choo-choo-boogie. It's going. It's leaving the station. It's out. 
You can be one of those people that's like, oh my God, I heard Brianna Barnes' first song, her first single storyteller on Jack of All Trades podcast, and I'm a Brianna Barnes forever fan. And you can tell that story at parties for decades to come. So what the fuck are you waiting for? Anyway, let's get back to our conversation with Brianna Barnes. I know. I love that what you said about um, just doing whatever's in front of you. I had a I had a like phone screen cover for like so long that was like a picture of a hand, and it was like whatever is your uh, what what was it? Whatever is in your hand to do, do it well. Like whatever it is at the moment, whether it's teaching your voice lesson or doing your nine to five job that pays the bills, or like writing a song or going into audition. It's like it doesn't have to be this one thing, but like whatever's in your hand you have to just just focus on that thing and and do it the best that you can at the moment um it gives yourself a lot more grace i think yeah i think the and that goes back to like the you know doing a bunch of things and pursuing a lot of different things it's like don't judge whatever's coming in front of you as being like i can't i think i limited myself for a long time in new york that there were some you know cravings of things I wanted to do for a long time like boxing for example mm-hmm. I like really wanted to do it um and I knew that I would do it at some point but I like wouldn't allow myself to pursue things because I was like like you said earlier with this toxic idea of career of like I have I'm nothing without doing this yes and like unless this ha- but then it was like such a sacrifice because yeah. it's like I'm giving up my whole life to make this happen and then people like I used to pride myself and like off of that and that honestly it was so toxic because then I'm not even producing good shit because I'm like draining my life energy totally yeah and then your whole life is I mean the only life experience you have to pull from at that point is waiting in line for auditions at Pearl Studios yeah and your desperation (laughs) yeah I know yeah exactly like it's it's yeah I just hope some fucking person that does that listens to these episodes and is like, oh, I guess I can be happy. Like, <laughs> I hope so. Yes. Go on that date. Write that song. Go get your gym certification. Like, just do it. Just who cares? Like, who? I mean, OK, so this does bring me to one point that I've struggled with limiting myself in the term of abundance um, and obviously that w- that has to do with me feeding into lack and being like, oh, as an artist, it also has to be hard, but I also have to be poor. So then going from that state being like, well, I have to give all my money to this one thing in career because that's how I'm going to make money. And if I, you know, the investing thing, which is true to a certain extent, but then it just turns into you giving money away for like, I don't know. I don't think yeah. it always is. Like, is that a class you actually want to take at one-on-one? You know what I mean? Like, do you, sure. is I actually going to fucking help you? Yeah. Like, you you going and proving yourself to some casting director who just treats it like any other audition, and then $150 later, you're like, well, fuck, you yeah. know? And then you just feel like shit. Yeah. But if you're, but like, to to choose to have this sovereignty and the, the pride and trust in yourself that your creations are important and are worth investing in, what were the steps that you took? Obviously, mentally, you had to know that to to take that leap and to invest in those. Mm. But like, how did you go about doing that just to like expand people's idea of how that's possible? Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. 
have good friends that can talk to you because <laughs> this whole thing with recording this EP literally started with a friend of mine. Literally, we were serving together at a church service one day, like packing up equipment. And he was like, Brianna, have you ever thought about recording an album? And I, you know, I didn't know if he was just trying to like make conversation or whatever, but I was like, well, yeah, like, duh. Like, <laughs> of course I've thought about it. Um, recording an album is very expensive and it just didn't seem like the right time. And just like you are saying, I didn't think I could sacrifice my time for auditions and my money for auditions and my, you know, to like do this thing over here. Um, but then the pandemic hit, uh, and everyone's life went on pause, including the theater industry. And I mean, I'm kind of lucky in the fact that the choice was sort of made for me, um, where I couldn't know, I could no longer put my energy over here. Um, and it kind of felt like both a crazy and perfect time to try this. And I called him up and I was like, you said this to me a couple months ago, and I think I'm ready to try whatever that is. Um, but I'm a big believer in like just making things happen for yourself. I have always hated the idea of waiting for permission. I think it's why I have done the more like creative endeavors that I've done in the city. Um, it's one of the things I hate about the acting <laughs> life because it feels like you have no, you're constantly waiting for permission. Mm -hmm. You have no control over the opportunities that you take. Uh, it feels like you're just waiting and waiting for a yes, even when it comes to like just your agent to like submit you to the right things or like get in the room, blah, blah, blah. It's like there's so many steps of waiting for permission, whereas like I with whether it was writing my first musical that we put up that haha you were also in yeah. um, like doing that was just from this place of like I'm just I just need to try this. Um, and then like recording this EP kind of came from that same place of like, I don't need to wait for someone to make it happen for me. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Cause I don't want to get to, I don't want to get to the end of my, I don't want to get it deep into my thirties and not have tried some of these things where I have the flexibility, uh, now to just sort of like try things. And if I fail, I fail. Um, but yeah, I, I that's kind of a weird way to answer your question. But, <laughs> no, that's amazing. No, um, because you know it's helpful to like. So did you did you just save and use your own money, or did you know did was it kind of one of those things where like I'm going to give an example. Yeah. I I've been really focusing on abundance lately and the mindset of money and the energy of money and understanding that. Um, the more, I mean, it really is true when you give back, then you do receive in ways that you wouldn't have expected. And, <laughs> you know, and like, I know the secret talks about, it, it's like, just think about it and a check will arrive. Well, quite literally, I gave money, I gave a larger sum of money to my parents because I felt like um, they had earlier spotted me on one thing that I wanted to do and didn't have the money for yet. And I w obviously wanted to pay them back for that, but I also wanted to thank them for putting me up I here. Love that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to give you a large sum of money for Christmas. And they were a little mad at me, honestly, <laughs> they were like, why did you do this? And I was like, well, because 
you deserve it and you've been helping me and I, you know, yeah. I, I want to give this to yeah. you. And I kid you not, <laughs> like a month later, I get a check in the mail for that exact amount of money. Girl, okay, I have a story for you too. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and it was it was from a 2018 tax fuck up. Oh my gosh. They gave me the exact amount of money. Yep. Yep. And I was like, "Oh fuck." Okay, I love that you said this. Um cuz now I don't have to sound so crazy. <laughs> No, you won't sound crazy at all. Um, something like that did actually happen with this. Um, oh, uh, brilliant. This is exactly what yeah, I want to hear. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Um, I forget how we actually like, so the very first step was just getting all of the music like arranged and put into sheet music. Um, I am not gifted in doing that. I'm great at coming up with music and lyrics and like instrumentation for a guitar and piano, but I, for this, I knew I wanted a full band and I knew I needed help to be able to do that well. So I wanted to hire my friend James, um, to write the parts out, uh, for me. And I was asking what his fee was going to be. Uh, I forget how many songs he was going to do, but it was going to be a thousand dollars. And this mm-hmm. was like, right. Uh, like maybe like a month or two into the pandemic, um, we were okay. Like neither of us lost our jobs. We were able to work from home, but I didn't have just like a thousand dollars laying around. And I, it was sort of this point where I was like, man, am I going to like start investing in this project? Like it was sort of like, you know, when the universe sort of asks you like, do you really want this type of thing? Yeah. It's like um, a test. Yeah. So I was sort of like feeling that. And I had went to have lunch with a friend and I was telling her about the idea, um, of recording my music and I was really excited about it. I told her like the different themes of, of what it was going to be about. Um, <laughs> I did not tell her anything about James or the bill or anything like that. I was just, we were just catching up as friends and her and I like part ways at the end of the conversation, she gives me a hug and she goes, I really want to give you a little something, um, for your music. And I just thought, I didn't know what I thought. I was just like, Oh, like, that's so sweet. Like, don't worry. I literally thought she meant like pay for lunch or something. And we like went and we like parted ways and I come home and my Venmo dings and it's exactly a thousand dollars. Holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) From Liz. And I was like, Wait, I mean, that was, de- I mean, I think what we're talking about right now, I mean, people have a lot of different words for them. I call them mystical experiences, like yeah. like experiences where you sort of like don't, there's just no like reasonable way to explain them other than yeah. like something mystical sort of happened. Um, and that was a huge sign wow. for me. Yeah. It was sort of this sign in my faith tradition, uh, kind of a sign from God being like, I got you. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. I know you have a lot of fears and you have a lot of like doubts and concerns about what it's going to look like, but like, keep your, keep your face on, keep your eyes on me and your heart open. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. And I know that might sound crazy for some people, but for, for me, I was like, it was like the confirmation I needed to like take the risk. Um, so I actually started a Kickstarter 
for the album. I had a conviction from the very beginning. I wanted to pay all the artists their like regular amount. All of them were friends and I knew they would do it for less. But like in the pandemic, I knew that artists like musicians weren't playing for anything. Like, you know, their incomes were dropping like crazy. And I wanted to be able to like let this be like a good opportunity to not just play for a friend, but actually like pay their rent for the month or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so in order to do that, I knew I needed to raise around, uh, well, I knew I needed 10,000, but 10,000 seemed too big to ask. So I did 8,000, um, for the Kickstarter and had like tons of anxiety about it. Like, I mean, there is nothing more nerve wracking than like setting a, a public goal for all the world to see <laughs> and like crossing your fingers that anyone is going to care to like contribute in the middle of a pandemic. So it was like all these things that I was like, oh my gosh, I just don't know if this can happen. Um, and the f- goal was fully funded in like three days. And then we ended up, <laughs> we ended up going above $10,000, uh, which is just like another confirmation of like, okay, like, Exactly what you were just saying, like, this is, this, you just never know how it's going to come back to you. And I think, like, fear just has such this way of stopping us in our tracks uh, from doing crazy things. And I just feel like if we can get fear out of the way and, like, that dark kind of, like, voice of, I don't know, just, like, you're not enough or no one cares or you, you can't do this, like, if we can, if we can put that to rest and sort of silence that I think there's actually, I think mystical experiences like that could happen actually all the time. All the time. And I think yeah. they actually are happening all the time. We just don't have the eyes to see it or like we just reason our way out of it. But in reality, mm-hmm. I truly am someone that believes that stuff like that is is happening all around us all, all the, the time. time. That's actually yeah. literally <laughs> not to like really do this transition for you, but that is literally what the out al- the title of the album, Hierophanies, it's a Greek word that means manifestations of the sacred. So it's like all the the ways that the sacred or like the light or spirituality or like whatever you want to call it, God for me, like manifests itself in our like very everyday things, like all the time, just like shows up and man, like the little ways that that is constantly inviting us, beckoning us, calling out to us. Um, if we have the imagination to see it and notice it. And I, I hope that like my music, that's one of the things I hope it does for people is like open up their imagination to, to what is possible beyond just our like slog of every day. Um, cause I think I love that that happened to you too, because I really think that like stuff like that happens. It happens a lot. I mean, and it's continuing to happen and I'm trying to be more open to it. And I think we do get tested in our fear. Like I, you know, I'll have, I mean, I call them triggers, but they're like, you know, I'll get triggered left and right with these seeming, I mean, honestly, they kind of are tests because they're like, are you going to, are you going to repeat the same pattern that kept you small and feeling like shit or are mm-hmm. you gonna like are you gonna practice not doing that anymore yeah and often I I do feel like I get rewarded for stepping out and if it's just it could be as simple as not overthinking something yeah and it could also be something that's like okay are you gonna fall into fear again or are yeah. you gonna trust that really I mean I'm gonna get super spiritual here but go for like it the universe is is your bank 
and um you're gonna be guided and led so like are you just gonna are you gonna limit that are you gonna put a stop on that because you're afraid or are you just gonna go with it yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean yeah i we come from a little bit different spiritual backgrounds and even current beliefs but i mean i very much believe in a a god whether you want to call he or she, whatever, that cares about like all those little things. And that Mm -hmm. is constantly like trying to have a conversation and not in the like literal, like let's sit here and have a conversation, but just like exactly what you just described, like constantly inviting us to a better, brighter, lighter way. If we take the risk and like take his or her hand and trust, but like, that's hard. That's really hard to do. Um, well, it's hard because we're, I mean, we're conditioned in a way and we're also, it's survival. Like, yeah, you know, it's being human. Yeah. And it's almost like I do, <laughs> I'm going to express some beliefs here. I, I believe that um, our our whole purpose for being here is to grow into who we are with the most love for other people and ourselves that we can. Yeah. And you, but you have to do that by trusting in that it's gonna be okay and even if it's you know sometimes it's really not okay yeah um but like it's the faith and the trust that kind of ushers you out of that and everybody's gonna have their own experiences and obviously I know I come from a pretty privileged experience yeah um, but it's like I think at the end of the day generally um trusting in 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 focusing not on the fear, but on the good outcome that it's going to probably, hopefully be okay in some way um, is helpful. Yeah, um, totally. Actually, the next single that I'm putting out after this first one is literally about this. It's about it's about fear. And I wrote it after a particularly frustrating um, season of anxiety and fear. I was swinging for the first time in a show and like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, talk about a trigger like that triggered all of these like weird performance anxiety things that I had never dealt with ever. I had never been like anxious to be on stage or like have stage fright. Like that just had never been a part of my story. And all of a sudden was like really walking in fear. Um, like to the point where I had an opportunity to go on for one of my swing roles in, in a moment that should have been like a huge celebration and like, me being like super excited because I'd done all this work. I'm like, I finally get to go. I was an offstage swing. So this would be like, I get to go on stage. I get to like put this into action. I was like terrified, like, like ran to the bathroom and had like a panic attack and like called my mom and was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I'm so like, that was so foreign to me that, um, and it almost felt, I mean, we're kind of almost describing fear as, as like this presence, like this person almost, and I wrote this song, uh, The Mountain. I did, like, I personified fear as as a woman, really, like a villainous woman <laughs> um, <laughs> who just sort of, like, lurks around and is constantly just, like, looking for ways to, like, keep you down, like, from climbing whatever that mountain is in front of you. Like, she's like, no, like, you can't, you can't do it. Like, you're not good enough, blah, 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 blah. But I think what I learned from that, writing that song um, is like fear never really 
just dis- I, I don't think fear ever just like you never are like well now I don't deal with fear anymore like I've conquered it it's over yeah it's always it, like it's there. always there like it's always gonna be there but like I'm learning I'll say learning because I God knows I have not fully learned uh how to talk to it like how and I think personifying it in this song like it helped me a lot to think of it as like this person that I'm literally closing the door to. I'm like, no, like you don't have a place here today. Um, and I hope that that song can like, I honestly hope it can be like an anthem for people like me who maybe deal with anxiety. Cause it is such a, Oh, it is just such a killer fear and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. I mean, it also is like, it helps keep you alive. Like it it's does. also like helpful for, but but I we've moved past that. Like right. Oh, I'm afraid of the cougar in the bushes. So yes, I'm gonna the, like, be I'm gonna be anxious so I don't get eaten today. Yes, I think it's like you know something that we are um, moving past. It's a survival thing. Yeah. Um, and also showing it love. I think like the compassion's at least helped me, which is yeah. Like, I appreciate what you're doing, but it's not, we, no. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> yeah. <today. laughs> that's real. Like, I appreciate you trying to keep me safe, but this is not a, a, th- a thing that's rational. Like, this is an irrational thing to think is not safe. So, like, thank you for trying to protect me, but no thanks. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I appreciate your attempt, but yeah. it's just a no for me, dog. <laughs> Oh my gosh, my husband says that all the time. I'm amazed that you just said that. <laughs> well, you know, we gotta oh bring back, gotta bring it back. Oh um, my gosh! But anyway, I wanna. Is there anything else that you would like to express here today, Brianna? To, to, to share anything about your music or like leave a word of wisdom or anything that you'd like to wrap up with? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess. Two things. One would be that if you have, if someone is listening to this and you have a crazy idea about something that you want to do, let this be your sign from from heaven uh, to do it. Because gosh, like you only get one life to live on this beautiful planet. You only have one. There's only one you, and only you can can contribute uh, what you can to the world. So um, I would just say to anyone who's sort of like letting fear or finances or circumstances keep them um, from pursuing something that you love, figure out a way to do it. If you have to do it in small steps and if it takes 10 years, then it takes 10 years. But like uh, just to have the courage to start it, I think is so important. Um, And then I'm just super excited to share my music with you. Um, I hope that it can be um, a soundtrack for a lot of those big questions that we talked about today. Like just that as you listen, um, the songs would challenge you, that they would change you, that they would wreck you, maybe, (laughs) um, inspire you, open up your imagination, um, and just be a playground for curiosity and wonder and big questions. Um, and that you'd feel a little less alone, uh, when you hear them. So I would love to know, if they resonate with you. So please find me and tell me if you, (laughs) if you felt like you had um, a positive experience listening, but yeah, this has been so fun, Sarah. I really appreciate talking with you. I appreciate you coming on and talking with me and um, for sharing your insight and your experience as a songwriter and as an actor. And 
yeah, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Love it. These are such great. I would, I love conversations like this. They, they're so meaningful and I would do that over like talking about the weather any day. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Brianna. Yes. Thank you. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on our podcast along with leaving a five-star rating and review so we can get these stories out to more people. Also, don't forget to follow our Instagram at jackofalltrades underscore podcast and do not hesitate to email us at jackofalltradespodcast2020 at gmail.com for any personal stories that relate to the Jack of All Trades theme or if you yourself are a jack of all trades, we'd love to hear from you. And on that note, we will talk to you next Monday. Have a good one. Goodbye.